0: Welcome back to SME Funding. Before the break, Kumarin and I were discussing the whys and the whats behind vetting a funder. We indicated that you're starting a relationship with a brand new business partner. And just as the funder will ask you questions, request information, and has the legal authority and rights to make sure that the information is included in how they vet you, you too, as the prospective business partner, need to do some homework of your own. So Kumaran, you're now comfortable from the general sense and experience and maybe even certain of the perceptions and case studies that you've seen around the funder and you're now sitting across the table from one another. Now there are some very direct and very specific questions that you can begin to ask them um, as well on the other side as very much as part of your responsibility of doing the vetting. I know the one big Comments. the big question, the big challenge that often comes up from our viewers at home on the show relates specifically to how do I protect my intellectual property? How do I protect my business? And how do I protect my ideas once I've put them out onto the funders' table? So the issue around confidentiality, around the content that you protect, present, but also around the signature of non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. Some funders say no. They don't get themselves involved in that because you need them. And others are more amenable and more open to that. But how do you go about that particular conversation for success?
1: Yes, this is always a contentious issue. Mm -hmm. So, and it's paradoxically, anything anything contentious is a paradox, right? So first of all, you're well within your rights to ask any funder to sign an NDA. There's nothing wrong with asking. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with them also saying they're well within their rights to say, no, no we don't." So what I find is uh, so both have rights. you can ask and they can say so no, no, right mm. So they're not forced to say yes. So what I find across this funding landscape and industry is quite diverse. Mm-hmm. There's niche funders as we've seen, there's equity funders like venture capitalists and private equity, mm-hmm. and then there's debt funders that are funding on big projects yes. or well as uh, basic things like your vehicle finance and, mm. and you know normal property finance or whatever. Mm. So there's certain finance businesses where it's normal or expected where they, uh, uh, they would sign an NDA and they're quite comfortable with that. Yes. Like maybe a private equity uh, business. But there's some venture capitalists that say no we are not signing mm. an NDA because we're dealing with this all the time, yes. and you have to trust us. Okay. And also, where sometimes it's impractical and silly. Let's take if you're talking to a big four bank for financing your car or a bucky. It's silly to ask them to no. sign an NDA for something. For an so,
0: overdraft or, yes.
1: or asset finance. Yes. yes. My overarching thing is that funders are bound regulatory as well as the nature of their business around confidentiality it is it's the trust aspect the confidence aspect for funder is that's very very important Mm. so it's very rare for ndas to be signed it's Mm. more peculiar if the client is really really uh uh, concerned about it Mm. or number two it's a certain type of funder like a private equity i generally get worried when someone is asking me to sign an NDA. But yet we do sign. Yes. It's not typical. We probably sign at 1% of the instance or less than that. So,
0: Kumaran, you should also be ready um, at any point to defend why you want an NDA signed. Yes. And be very clear about the peculiarities or specialities in your business that prompt you to do that.
1: Yes, Yes. generally we find the more early stage business Mm -hmm. um, asks for uh, an NDA. Mm -hmm. The more mature, uh, larger type of business typically doesn't. As a general comment, but it it depends on the specifics. eh? There's always a, if they're going into some special secret new project that they're worried about, and so then they will get an NDA sign. I know it's a very grey answer I'm giving you, mm-hmm. but uh, NDAs are not typically signed you know, mm-hmm. in the financing world.
0: And and when you're protecting your baby, you will do anything to protect it, and often this is the point in a sore spot where you find funders as well as potential clients bumping heads almost unnecessarily, but I suppose it's a conversation that must be had if you are seriously concerned yeah. about it. This. The second space I'd like us to talk about Kumarin is around the term sheets. So you made a great analogy earlier on about term sheets. Certain term sheets are strict. They are strict and they have very um, specific conditions, suspensive conditions and all types of conditions that for the business owner almost feel overwhelming. Um, Will I be able to honor them? Is this even fair? How do we gauge fairness? And also how do we decide between this is an unfair funder versus this is a funder who has to have these principles in place um, to make sure that our relationship and this funding relationship and agreement
1: actually works. So I don't think you're going to find a, a facility approval letter or a term sheet, whatever you want to call it, that is uh, very easy, yes. easy going, right? Uh, because the funder is the one taking the risk. Yes. So they are dispensing with the money. Mm-hmm. You are receiving it. So the one taking the risk, generally will have to put more terms and conditions to protect themselves yes. because they're the one that has the most to lose. Mm. So you'd expect it to be more onerous and more firm. Yes. And then when we look at the landscape before us, the global local economy, times are getting tougher, uh-huh. mm-hmm. funders are more reluctant lend, so they will be tightening up certain things. Mm. One of the things they will be tightening up is how they approve these facilities, but also if and when they approve it, the conditions. Mm. So before they'd probably say, are we funding this and uh, we're not needing this this specific term and let's say surety or this extra collateral or extra covenant. Now they would say, no, add this, add that, add that. And so your experience may be as an SME, hang on, three, four years ago, I got approval for the same thing, and these were the conditions they asked. Now they're asking for double the conditions. What the hell? They're very aggressive. What's going on? It's reflective of the higher-risk environment. Mm. So mm. we mustn't confuse onerous and firm terms from a funder with, that, uh, with them being necessarily a bad funder.
0: Yes. Yeah. yes. And, and a
1: funding agreement is to be expected to be a little one-sided, again because they're the party taking the risk. On, on, on that. Yeah, end. it doesn't feel nice, right? Because no. you, you want this relationship of equals. At one level, it it is equals in mm. the sense that the one needs the other. Yes, the funder needs clients. Without clients and lending, it's going to be They're dead, right? not a right? funder, right? Yeah. Mm. And in another aspect, when it comes to the risk aspect, that's not an equal relationship. Mm. In defence of the funder, funder is taking the higher risk there. So those, it doesn't feel right, but it's 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 par for the course, you know. Mm,
0: mm. So Kumaran, you're painting a scenario where there are different levels within the context of this relationship and particularly around the variables that affect the term sheet itself. I'm now sitting with this term sheet. I'm not feeling quite sure whether the terms are too onerous, whether I should sign at all, whether anything here is within my favor. At what point and on what can I push back
1: on? You can push back on everything. Yes. It's within your right. You should never be forced to sign anything. If you're unsure Ask the person before you. If they can't, you're not satisfied with the answer, Mm -hmm. ask to speak to someone superior to them. Mm. Or say, listen, I need a copy of this beforehand, or I'll come back to you. I need to pause and reflect on this. Mm. Take it, ask a colleague, there's a business colleague that's Mm. done something similar. Ask a lawyer. But you know lawyers is a mixed thing because yeah. um, they will give you great advice and it's great to do that and it's a must. Yes. But exercise the advice with discernment because they're going to find something. They need to find something. Okay. <laughs> so you need them but it's also like a, it, again it's a paradox. So, yeah. so it's good to also get advice from the business colleagues mm, like I said mm, because mm. they will say oh yeah I've done this and this is my experience and I've seen this, the more mileage you've been through in terms of seeing mm. more of these things, the more practical experience. But mm. you, you're always entitled to push back. It's a negotiation. OK. We're going to take a short break.
0: But when we come back to the break, Kumarin, I'd like your view on how comfortable are funders with you now coming in with special advisors to actually now discuss. Um, the type of relationship you are forming and starting with them. We started with the legal ones, but what's the comfort with other types of advisors coming into the conversation? We'll be right back.